I, I, I think ownership is the way to go mm. these days. And, you know, I think uh, the book industry is synonymous to, in many cases, the, the music industry. And I think just being independent, being able to own your words and your craft and being able to put it out and get into the hands of, you know, everyday people and uh, to be able to do it. And, you know, how I've done it and put thousands of books into people's hands over the years. Uh, you know, I like the process of being able to have, you know, particular ownership. I think that's part of part of Black Friday, too. Own, owning what you do. Absolutely. And uh, being able to get it out to the mass in a creative way. What up, though? Black Friday family. Welcome back to another installment of the Black Fridays podcast today. Very excited for this episode because we got a doctor in the building and I always love being able to support our, our own, our, our black doctors. None other than Dr. Eddie Connor Jr. How you doing today, my brother? Wonderful, bro. How's it going your way? Doing amazing, man. Awesome. I can't complain at all. Yeah, can't but, complain at all. Yeah. So uh, you have an amazing journey just in terms of uh, background. Uh, you are a, a speaker. You are an author. You are someone who has their own academy uh, to help people better themselves, their own personal brands, things of that nature. And I might have said too much because I always give people the chance to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit, a little bit more. But that's that's some of the, the essence of what it is that you do. But if you could fill in some of the blanks for us and tell us more about Dr. Eddie Connor Jr. Without a doubt, it's a wonderful opportunity to be on your platform and your show. The impact you're making is is definitely uh, worth celebrating and saluting. So with what I do, I believe service is the rent you pay for the space you occupy. And so overcoming obstacles in my own particular life, 2024 marks 24 years of me being cancer-free, uh, overcoming stage four cancer and really discovering my purpose in the midst of the pain and the negativity and finding transformation in my own life. And, you know, I really believe that if you help people get what they want, you'll get what you want. Um, somebody's waiting for you to become who you are so they can become who they're supposed to be. And so helping people make a transformation and discovering who it is that they are, developing their value, knowing their worth. And so I do that in a myriad of ways. The books that I've written, uh, the speeches that I do, and then also my academy, uh, Eagles Academy, which is all about ideas, impact, and influence. And so transformation is the name of the game and, and helping people get from uh, here to there make that jump and find that leap or wherever it is that they would decide desire to aspire to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. And can you tell us a little bit more about the Eagles Academy and some of the services that you offer and what people can expect if they were to work with you or join the Academy themselves? Without a doubt. You know, the Eagles Academy is really all about, it comes from um, scripture, you know, Mount Up on Wings as Eagles, Isaiah chapter 40, and really just helping people find the win. And I believe if they do something different, they'll get something different. Too many times people have been, um, adopt, they've adopted a mindset of stinking thinking, negativity, and the, the cycles of what it is that they've been in. And so helping people to break that cycle, break that glass ceiling, blast past their past, and really def define who it is that they are. And so I, I, to I, I coach, I teach, I train, I mentor uh, in my academy sessions. And it's, it's a place where people just come from literally all over the world that we have members, network, networking. People understand that their network determines their net worth. And so we're just helping people develop their inner genius, whether that's through brand strategy, that whether that's through building relationships, whether that is developing their faith, 
helping them to make the jump and the leap in their business and recognize that they have something that is worth that somebody needs for them to show up in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. You know, that has been the place of uh, transformation. And, you know, it's why I do what I do. Love it. Love it. And I always talk to people about just thinking about Detroit specifically, how much mm -hmm. is, is so much talent here from all different types of walks of lives, backgrounds, things of that nature. And I want to ask you real quick at the follow up to that. Could you talk about the importance of people getting past that imaginary wall that they may see in front of them or put up themselves that holds them back from being more successful that they can be or really leaning into what it is that their gift may be or their purpose and getting closer to finding that or, or figuring that out because it's so much to be unlocked on the other side. I work with so mm -hmm. many talented people and just, you know, try to get them to be more uh, or encourage them to lean more into that. But everybody has their own blockers from different standpoints, you, I, a lot of other people. So the importance of getting over that hump and, you know, how you are helping people do that. Without a doubt. And I think one of the missing ingredients is the lack of tapping into the social emotional aspect of who it is that people are, mm -hmm. whether it's their emotional intelligence, whether it's their particular relational intelligence, um, discovering that inner genius on the inside of themselves. I believe as long as you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And people being able to recognize that, yes, what I have been through may have been painful, but it can still be purposeful. If I begin to change how I'm thinking, it'll dictate and it'll decide on how I change where I'm going. And so uh, I think people just have to get to that place of, listen, I got to I got to take off the mask to, to heal from my past. If I don't if I don't deal with it, I'll never heal from it. You know, I, I'll never become who it is that I'm supposed to be if I keep focusing on what I'm not. I can't allow people's opinions to become my prison. And I think when people make that breakthrough internally, everything externally that it is that they desire, they won't even have to chase it. They'll be able to attract it. Mm -hmm. And that, that's very powerful and interestingly timely, at least from my standpoint, because I was watching a TikTok earlier today where mm -hmm. Fantasia, and I can't remember her last name, but uh, she's also an actor. Her name is Danielle. Um, she's on Orange is the New Black. But she had, were, they were talking about the pain that they've been through in their careers and how that set them up for the moment that they're having now in the run that they're doing with the color purple and getting mm -hmm. roles like that and, and growing and becoming bigger. And it's essentially saying that if it wasn't for that pain that I had, I wouldn't be grateful for what I did now. Like if I got what I wanted back then, it wouldn't have set me up to accept and be grateful for what I have right now. I would have changed my whole trajectory. Yeah. So that was very interesting to hear you say it in positioning like that. And then mm. that message that that those sisters was talking about. Oh, without a doubt. You know, if we, if we had the movie The Color Purple on the screen here, I'd tell you just like Sophia, all my life, <laughs> I had to fight. And, you know, uh, you can't fight what you refuse to face. Mm -hmm. And so I think even in that aspect of the movie role, I think we have to also play a starring role in our own life. Um, we've allowed so many people to make cameo appearances in our own journey. And in many cases, they pushed us off the tr the path towards the trajectory of our future. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we have to show up in our own life first. And then the right people that we want are going to be attracted to that as well. That's a bar. That's yeah. a bar. So we'll, I'll take a pause on, on that. We'll get back into more uh, of that aspect of your journey and your expertise. But I want to introduce you now to my favorite part of Black Fridays, which is Freestyle Fridays.
<laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if I got a hot sixteen for you, bro. I think you got. I, you you got to figure it out. You got, <laughs> hey, you, you you're right, don't you? No, I'm messing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just a random assortment of questions. They all about you, and I just got two rules. You answer each one. You answer honestly. Okay. All right. So fair now, enough. <laughs> so if y'all don't know, if y'all haven't, um, if y'all just now being introduced to Dr. Eddie in whatever shape or form. This man be dressing. He be crispy, for lack of better terms. So I, <laughs> I want to know, um, on the other end of the scope, have, do you feel like you ever put together a bad outfit? And what was that experience like for you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, sometimes it scares me to look back. I don't want to scroll too far past back into my phone. You know what I'm saying? It's like a back to the future moment. <laughs> I can't believe that suit was that size. You know what I'm saying? I can't believe I put that tie with that jacket. What in the world was I thinking? Right. <laughs> Need to hire you as a stylist. You know what I'm saying? So, without a doubt, I had I've definitely had some some bad uh, dress moments, but. Uh, um, pe gladly people never told me they may have thought it, but it's <laughs> still some good people out here in the world. <laughs> but you tried it out. You learned from the experience. I learned from the experience, yeah. man, for sure. Got you. For sure. <laughs> you making me cry. You doing the laugh emoji with the tears right now. <laughs> Now I gotta go back and try to make some of these fits. Man, you 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 uh <laughs> triggered me right now. <laughs> I felt triggered. <laughs> My bad. I didn't mean to bring up none of, none of your trauma from from, uh, right, from dressing, but right, yeah, right, it right. seems like you figured it out. I feel yeah. seen. Yeah. <laughs> now, can you tell us about the most random job that you ever had, or the first job that you ever remember having? First job I ever remember having. Uh, I was an office assistant when I went to uh, Eastern Michigan University. Mm -hmm. I enrolled there. I actually got there on probation. You know, my grades weren't too good. I wrote an essay. They were able to allow me in on probation, but I wound up working as an office assistant there. Um, it was a good opportunity for me to, you know, meet a lot of the dignitaries at the university, connect with some of my fellow colleagues and students there. And it was a cool, cool opportunity. The, my, my supervisor, my, my boss, she was real laid back and cool. Mm -hmm. So uh, shout out to Camelia Johnson who uh, hired me that was that was really my first job i never had a job in high school at all okay first job was in college so that's what's uh, up yeah, it was a cool experience that's what's up yeah and can you tell us you're in the, the the speaking realm so you get the opportunity to go out speak to different groups and work with different organizations i would like to know who are your top five speakers presenters motivational speakers however you want to throw them in there five people that you respect in that aspect and, and you know are the the goats for lack of a better term mm, good questions i would say i like of course you got to go i would say oh. dr martin luther king jr mm -hmm. without a doubt you know i remember being a kid just listening to his speeches you know I left Atlanta this morning and, you know, just his, yeah. his, his tone, his, his delivery. He was yeah. a phenomenal speaker. Yeah, absolutely. The way he put the poetry together and how he was able to paint the picture. So I would say him. I like um, even though he's a boxer, I like Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I mean, you know, you know, you gonna he, remember what he said. You gonna remember what he said. Yeah. You know, the poetry, the prose, the, the animation. The uh, big personality, I like that. You gotta say T.D. Jakes, mm. it's no doubt, without a doubt. I mean, he's able to always tap into the 
social emotional realm and uh, his messages have always hit with the spiritual aspect. I would say, boy, these is tough. Real tough. E.T. I was going to say, I'll wait, yeah, yeah, wait for E.T. Yeah, yeah, he's good too. And then I would also say, boy, I'll throw a wild card in there. I'll say... I'll say, uh, man, you got me stuck right now. I'll say Tony Robbins. I'll throw him in there. Okay. Tony Robbins, yeah, oh, motivational speaker. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll throw him in there. And he's still going. So He's still going. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. And so because yeah. you're an international um, speaker, presenter, and uh, brand, <clears throat> I would like to know where has been your favorite place to go for either conference, uh, event, speaking engagement? What has been, what's like at the top of your list right now that comes to mind? Well, I just did a conference last year called the Access Identity Conference. Uh, it was all about people really accessing their purpose and their identity, ideas, impact, and influence. And so that was really a smash hit. It was my first conference ever. I'd been really wanting to do one. But, you know, you you got to face the fear and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with finances. You're dealing with trying to get people to register. And uh, people were able to register from 24 states, 13 countries, mm. sold out event. It was mind blowing to me. It was more than what I had expected and bargained for. And so, um, you know, I don't know if I shot for the moon, but I did land among a star. So, <laughs> so um, that was real good. In the past, I had been a speaker at Megafest out in Dallas, Texas. I think I had about two, 3,000 people in my session. And it was. First, I looked through the curtain at all the people who were out there. I said, oh, boy, I don't know if I could do this. You know, you doubt yourself for one minute. And then something said to me and God spoke to me or an epiphany I had said, you know, everything you've been through prepared you for this moment. <clears throat> Go out, and make it happen. Somebody needs to hear what you have to say. Don't shortchange it. Don't cheat them. And that was a, a, a amazing world defining moment for me. Dope. Yeah. Dope. <clears throat> and we in Detroit, I haven't asked this question in a long time, but I think now is a great time to bring it out. Do you eat at Coney Island? Without a doubt. Okay, perfect. Cool. Not, not as much as I <laughs> used to. I, I like Coney. I don't know if Coney like me. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I think that's most of our story. <laughs> you know what <laughs> so what's your Coney order when you go? What's your go-to? Chili cheese fries. Definitely a Coney dog. Burners. Got to have burners, you know what I'm saying? Maybe some better made chips if they got those there, barbecue. Yep. You that's, know, so just a classic Detroit state. Exactly. That's what I'm about to say. Mean? That's a classic Detroit meal yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, Dope. you know, a lot of people around the around the country don't even know what that's all about. Don't know we you know, about they, right they know now. a Philly cheese steak sandwich, but <laughs> yeah. ain't nothing like a Coney, man. Exactly. Come to Detroit, yeah. get you a, get a Coney. Absolutely. With the, with the onions on it, mm -hmm. you know, the mustard. Uh, I'm throw a little ketchup on it, but you know, you brush your teeth afterwards with all the right. onions on it. <laughs> <laughs> give me, give me, a, give me a whole cold case of Altoids. Right. 
<laughs> me rinse it out. Wash it down with some cold gas. Exactly. With some mouthwash. There you go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You successfully passed Freestyle Fridays with, yeah. with Flying Colors. Did it up. Extremely we well. So thank you for engaging <laughs> in the randomness. Now, what I want to get into, I am not going to bypass this uh, book that's sitting right here. This is your 16th book in terms of you being an author. And so I want to learn about identity. Tell us more about the book, how it came about, and uh, the process in terms of developing this. Without a doubt. I believe since post-COVID-19 in this post-pandemic world, we've kind of been in an identity crisis. People are trying to figure it out. Churches, communities, organizations. We're just trying to figure out what is the go-to? What do we do? You know, with this new world to a certain degree that we're in we're trying to reshape it and i think the way to reshape it is how we define and identify ourselves i think we have to identify our identity too many of us have adopted a lie identity mm. it is a lie about how people feel about us how we have been through so much trauma and that what we've gone through defines us when in many cases it refines us and so i wrote it from the caption and the aspect that I'm giving people keys to discover their uniqueness and unlock their greatness. And so there's something that's unique about everybody. You know, everybody's unique, distinct. And I think when you discover your inner genius and you discover what is your particular niche, your uniqueness, nobody can beat you being you. You know, often imitated, never duplicated. Everybody may have a whole ton of podcasts that out here, mm -hmm. but nobody can do it the way that you do it. Nobody has the perspective on Black Friday like you have it. Right. And so you're able to bring in the type of people. People can try to replicate you, but they can't really duplicate the identity that you have. And mm -hmm. I, I really wanted to share with people how to overcome the trauma, how to heal and identify their purpose and, and really understand that if you don't give the world what it is that you have that's on the inside of you and your gift, you cheat the world by trying to be somebody else. Mm. You know, it's better, as they say to die an original to, than to live a copy. Mm -hmm. So um, unveiling that purpose. And that's what the the aspect of it is, is it went number one on Amazon. And it's not only an ebook, it's an audio book as well. So, and you see a hard copy. So it's, it's been a, a beautiful journey writing that book. And it was a healing chapter in my life as well. Nice. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm assuming this is a self-published process? Yes, yes. I, I do have a major distribution, but... Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I think ownership is the way to go mm. these days. And, you know, I think uh, the book industry is synonymous to, in many cases, the, the music industry. And I think just being independent, being able to own your words and your craft and being able to put it out and get into the hands of, you know, everyday people and uh, to be able to do it. And, you know, how I've done it and put thousands of books into people's hands over the years. Uh, you know, I like the process of being able to have, you know, particular ownership. I think that's part of part of Black Friday too. Own, owning what you do. Absolutely. And uh, being able to get it out to the mass in a creative way. For sure. Yeah. And how how would one self-publish a book if you could break down that for us? Because you've done it um, several times now. So if you could, for I'm thinking about those who may be listening and watching that's interested in doing mm -hmm. the book. Like we talked about, might have that blocker in front of them. Like, you know, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. If you could simplify it or point them in the right direction, like how could they go about possibly self-publishing a, a book or uh, some type of artifact in the future? Without a doubt. People have asked me over the years, how do I do that? You know, how do I get the books out? Because I did two last year and have been doing about two the last five, six years in a year. 
And so what I did is I developed a bestseller book blueprint where I'd walk people step by step by step step from the manuscript to the marketplace, how to become an authority as an author. And it's available at accessidentity.org forward slash author, um, where people can actually download my whole uh, manuscript of what it is that I do every single step. Amazon is out there where people can get their books there. You've got so many other aspects and uh, avenues to be able to self-publish without spending a fortune. And I've made all the mistakes when it comes to writing a book. People say, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Yes, they will. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I don't care how great your content is. Right. If the cover's not captivating. Ain't nobody picking it up. Ain't nobody picking it up. And they're not going to pick it up long if the content is not credible enough or captivate enough to reach and speak to their life. Mm -hmm. So uh, being able to just, you know, talk about that and share is an 81 page document where people can actually download it at accessidentity.org uh, forward slash author again. And you get the step by step process. What, are, what should you have for your cover? Who should you go as an editor with an, as an editor? How do you go about editing the book? Where should you begin to put your books on what particular platforms? is out there for them and and it's going to be a great avenue to where i share with you everything to where you don't have to make, make the mistakes i made mm -hmm. you know and you can make your book uh do what it do out that's, here. yeah that's what's up I'm, I'm glad that you were able to document that process i think that we need or people need to be more conscious of documenting the process in which they go to building something yeah. especially when they get to a place where they it start to be a little bit more sustainable and even in the beginning phases because like uh, we're all we all make mistakes with what we're doing i know i've made a ton of mistakes and just mm -hmm. developing uh, the podcast and um going through different iterations so being able to have like that blueprint of you don't have to do this but do this and then this is going to set you up the best way for success i think that's super helpful so make sure that uh, we're gonna get all of that again towards the towards the end um but make sure to y'all listen to what dr eddie said and then check out where you can get that uh, blueprint on his uh his website so i wanted to see if i could take it back for a little bit in terms of talking about identity so i yeah. know that when you were um diagnosed with stage four cancer at the age of 15 i believe right, right. at the age of 15 i um just from the research and information i've seen of different conversations that you have with folks um, noticing that that has had a significant impact and shaped and molded who Dr. Eddie is today. And I was curious to who was that 15 year old or maybe that adolescence before that diagnosis took place, just to get some uh, context on kind of like, where did you feel the direction in your life was heading prior to that? And then how did you kind of um, pivot? How did you pivot your perspective post that? Oh, without a doubt, I was uh, just a regular precocious kid. I uh, love playing sports, particularly basketball. I grew up in Jamaica for part of my life and actually played soccer there. Mm -hmm. So um, had a kind of global perspective as a kid. Uh, they wanted to double promote me coming back from Jamaica. But my mom decided to keep me with my own, you know, peer group and, and things of that nature. But I was just a, a regular kid. Um, Competitive kid, too. I mean, I'd be in basketball leagues as a kid, church leagues at that. And I'd be yelling at the ref. I'm like nine, <laughs> 10 years old. 
You know what I'm saying? I got kicked out of a couple games. You know, but I was just just a, a super uh, competitive kid, and I just wanted to be the best, and I wanted to make people around me better. And you know, so, so, uh, you know, I've, I've been watching you know Jordan on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saw how he was acting. You know, as a kid, you you emulate what you see. Exactly. And so I, I wanted to either be an astronaut or an athlete. You know, that was uh, one of my things there. And um, you know, I love school. My favorite two classes in school were gym and lunch. <laughs> I love to chase the girls at gym, sit down, eat with them at lunch. So I was, just, I was just a regular kid, and I started having these chest pains out the blue. And I'm like, what's going on? And, you know, I'm ignoring it because, you know, as a boy becoming a man, pain is weakness leaving the body. Don't show no type of emotion. Don't show no type of weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, don't even cry. Crying is for girls. And so um, having these chest pains and ignoring them and, I'm over at my friend's house watching a football game, can't breathe by halftime. His mother takes me to the hospital. My mother meets me there. They're doing a CT scan of the chest and the doctors see as they cut me open, took me to surgery immediately. Uh, after the CT, they saw a mass was growing in my heart or growing around my heart, my trachea, my esophagus, my voice box. And um, felt great coming out of surgery. The doctor says, hey, Eddie, you have what we call NHL. I'm like, I'm getting ready to be the youngest owner of a National Hockey League team. I was, go Red Wings for real, for real. <laughs> he says, no, you have uh, non-Hoskins lymphoma. I'm like, my first language is, e- is Ebonics. I'm still trying to learn English. What do you mean? He says, you have not one, not two, not three, but four. I'm filling my pockets to find $4. He says, no, stage four cancer. I'm like, that's a death sentence. You can't get cancer till you, you know, 60, 70 years of, of age. I'm just starting my life. Now I'm fighting for my life. My parents are divorced. My father never visits me one day in the hospital. People I thought were praying for me were literally praying on me. Chemo, radiation, lost all my hair, my self-confidence, my self-esteem. Things you go through that you wouldn't even wish on your worst enemy. Mm -hmm. Out of school. And I literally was going to give up. If it wasn't for my praying mother, you know, I wouldn't be here right now. Um, And so... To find the can in cancer, to believe God and to believe that I would overcome and experience healing in my life, changed my life, you know? So, um, and I felt like, hey, if I can beat cancer, now I, I really had to be a competitor then. Mm-hmm. I could beat anything. I could overcome anything. And so I'm blessed to do that and, and show other people how they can overcome obstacles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that shows in just the work and the output that you have from mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I see from in terms of the different organizations, speaking engagements that you have, the books that you've written, uh, the brand that you have built, the Eagles Academy and, and all of those things. I think that I heard you in one interview just talk about how, uh, you know, you, you're in go mode, like whatever I can mm-hmm. do, how, how I can seize the day. That's the that's the disposition that I'm taking versus, you know, kind of being more lackadaisical and, and seeing things pass me by or um, not be proactive versus reactive um so wondering if you might be uh, willing to share a little bit more about that just in terms of how that drives you from a a business standpoint yeah you know and and even coming out of the cancer you know i had cancer cancer didn't have me you know we all are going to go through the storms in life but never allow the storm to go through you and that has become in many cases the genesis of the journey and that's fuel my fire to say I'm not waiting for anybody to give me anything. I'm going to go after it. You know, I've, I've faced plenty of rejection in life, but I had to realize rejection is redirection. No is on backwards. No is new opportunity. And so to seize the moment, to understand I got a second chance at life and I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to serve to better people's lives. 
to recognize is, is not just about me, but it's about us. It's about we, it's about helping people tap into what it is that I learned from. And I think, you know, when you go through certain obstacles, when you recognize, listen, I took an L, but the L wasn't necessarily a loss. It was a lesson is what I learned is the leadership is how I leverage my purpose and being able to transform that and, and shift the trajectory that has helped me on the business journey and has brought into the whole aspect of not just seeing people as a commodity or just as a dollar sign, but as, but as a person feeling the infirmities of people, uh, understand that people really want to get to a different place. And, and this is how you help people shift their mindset. And as a result, they're able to recognize, Oh, I have a skill set, mm -hmm. and, um, this is how I employ it. This is how I use it. And speaking of that, do you have any success stories from the Eagles Academy that you would be able to share with us in terms of helping somebody kind of go from idea or uncertainty to actually being able to have some type of tangible output and just kind of seeing the growth in them in their journey through Eagles Academy? Yes. Uh, right now we're working on uh, cash flow, character and content creation in our academy and the emails, the DMs that I keep getting from our members who are in the Eagles Academy and uh, we're getting a lot of new members right now, just the influx of people literally from, you know, Las Vegas and South uh, Carolina and South Africa. They're just saying just the transparency and how I'm able to just share what it is that I do and make it practical, not just giving them information, but showing them the steps for application. I'm literally in the Academy showing people how to grow their greatness and people really actually appreciate that because you're giving them game you know you're not just giving them something that's just surface you're giving them something that's substantive to where now i have strategy i have structure i have solutions i have something that's substantive and people are actually able to employ that because if it doesn't get measured it doesn't get done mm -hmm. And, you know, you can tell people, oh, you give them a rah-rah speech, you can give them a whole lot of pomp and circumstance, but let me give you the plays. Mm -hmm. These are the plays that I run. This is the playbook. This is what I do to get from here to there. If you, if you want to employ it, fine. I don't want you to just come in here and just, you know, not do the work afterwards. Just to you got to engage in the work to, to make what it is that you want to happen. And mm -hmm. I, I believe, hey, you have to adopt that mindset. Either it's going to work or it's going to work. <laughs> it has to work or it has to work. There's right. no other way around it. I don't know how it's going to work. I just know it's going to work. Mm -hmm. And so I got to put in the work to make it happen in sweat equity. And uh, people are benefiting as a result. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. And as a part of what you do, you've been able to work with so many different organizations. I know that you uh, had an engagement with the NBA, with the Pistons, um, and then some other large scale um organizations out there. How have you formed those relationships? Like what has been your um, strategy in terms of developing those? Strategy is just service. What can I do to serve? What What are your needs? How can I find a way to fit those particular needs? And just availing yourself to people to say, all right, you know, beyond the accolades, let's, let's, let's do the work. You know, let's let's roll up the sleeves to to create change in the community or in your particular organization. And thinking about what are the skills that I do have that can actually service and satisfy the particular customer. I think when you just remove your ego out of the way and what it is that you want and help people get what they want, 
everything that you've been expecting that you've been looking for is just gonna happen for you mm -hmm. and so that's just that's just been the blueprint for me you know a lot of times people come in with agenda they they come in with okay i need this particular monetary stipend or whatever the case may be you know you you can people will see your value with what you provide mm -hmm. and you know your work will speak speak for you to where people will happily compensate you for you know the change that they're able to see because you're working with them mm -hmm. you know? <clears throat> and i'm assuming you don't do this all by yourself i mean you know it's it's a tall feat to get these things done and had a chance to engage with uh, at least one member of your team your wonderful publicist uh kelly saying i give her a shout out for helping yeah, us set yeah, this absolutely. up um so i know that it doesn't and all the content that you put out and the things that uh the outputs that you have books and, and uh getting these engagements um, could you talk more about your team and the people that help you along this way in this journey in doing what it is that you do? Yeah, teamwork makes the dream work. I don't believe you go as far as your dream. You go as far as your team. And so being able to have the, the right type of people around me, you know, just like you mentioned, Kelly, I mean, she's been able to plug and play and, and really bring a lot of things to fruition. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing when you have people who are around you who you can share your vision with and then they can amplify it you know, from, from vision to provision to manifestation of it. And so uh, I think it's just a, a clarion call to action to recognize, do I have people who are just around me or do I have people who are actually with me? You know, if you have people who you feel are in your circle and they don't support you, you don't have a circle, you have a cage. Mm. <laughs> you know mm. what I'm saying? And so <laughs> being able to, to break out of that box and realize whoever it is that you intimidate you will eventually eliminate some people don't mind you doing good they just don't want you to do better than them mm -hmm. and it's intimidating them because now it puts the microscope on what it is that they're not doing oh you're doing too much <laughs> maybe you ain't doing enough right you know to who much is given <laughs> much is required so uh, i'm gonna do much with the much that i got mm -hmm. and you know none of us are just one dimensional we're multi-dimensional and we have to tap into our multiple intelligences and our multiple gifts because multiple people out here that need to be impacted and empowered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice, nice. And one thing that I had to make sure I asked you before um, you you got out of here was I like I said I took a look at some of your content and I noticed that there has been different pieces of content, different conversations you had from a relationship standpoint. So outside of business and helping people grow and develop in that aspect of their life, from a relationship standpoint possibly finding a partner or whatever the case, or, you know, just being better with your relationships, uh, platonic, non-platonic overall, wanted to know if we could get some gems from you, if we can get three to five gems <laughs> on what people could take into consideration as far as those things go for all the single people out there that might be listening. Uh, this is, we're going into February. So you mm -hmm. got Valentine's Day coming up. So people who, you know, might want to be hanging out with somebody on the 14th and not the 15th or the 16th. So right, wanted right. to see if we can get some, some words of wisdom from you from that standpoint. Well, I think, Becoming the right one for the right one begins by first being right for yourself. And a lot of times we believe that people are going to complete us. Nobody's going to complete you. Only God does that. They can compliment you. That's not just telling you, hey, you Jeter from the feet up, you know, sis, your, your dress is nice and this, that, the other. No, C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T. It's how you fit me. And a lot of times, yes, people can be attractive, but just because they're attractive, doesn't mean that they're the right person for you and beyond just biology and chemistry and compatibility what you really need is suitability you know a, a real suitable fit for you and i i believe it's a purpose partner 
you can't really say I do to anybody else until you first say I do to yourself and your purpose. And I believe if you partner with your purpose, your purpose partner will particularly show up. You know, a lot of people, you know, they, yeah, I'm looking for a Valentine, this, that, and the other. Um, and they'll, they'll settle for just anybody just to say they have somebody mm -hmm. because it pains a lot of people to be alone. You know, you can be alone and not lonely. Too many times and, and too often people are not comfortable in their own skin. They're not comfortable being by themselves. If you don't enjoy your own company, what makes you think I'm going to enjoy your company? Facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so being able to he do the healing internally, because a lot of times we're bringing our baggage, which becomes garbage from person to person. You in a different relationship with the same type of person with a different face. Simply because it's not them as you. You haven't done the healing. You haven't healed the trauma and, and identified the triggers and all of the emotional aspects of the things that, you know, you keep brushing under the rug. And now you want somebody to deal with all of your mess that you have not healed from. And so doing the internal work first, the, the cleansing, the inner healing, the forgiving yourself of of the past, of you creating healthy boundaries for yourself, developing your emotional intelligence, your relational intelligence, recognizing your significance. That now sets you up to become the right one for the right one. And now you ain't got to chase nobody. You attract the right somebody. Mm -hmm. Wise yeah. words, wise words. Mm -hmm. Hopefully y'all can heed to that. Those out there listening, those out there watching, definitely um, take heed to, to that advice and that information. Definitely uh, wonderful. Appreciate you uh, oh, sharing, that, sharing that with us. Yeah. So, Dr. Connor, where can people find your books if they want to read uh, any of those, if they want to join Eagles Academy, if they want to book you for a speaking engagement? Can you give us your website, your socials, all that good stuff? Without a doubt. You know, I like to say the revolution not only be televised, it'll be digitized. So they can go to my website, which is eddieconnor.com. EDD, put some respect on my name, please. <laughs> <laughs> no E's or S's in my last name. E-D-D-I-E-C-O-N-N-O-R.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, we don't stop at Eddie Connor Jr. Also, uh, they can get the books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Audible. We get a signed copy at EddieConnor.com. Uh, there's 16 of them out there. They're going to empower you. Even the one I was talking about about relationships, relationship rules is out there as well. Uh, I got one for the brothers uh, called The Mask of Masculinity. Got plenty for the sisters, Dear Queen, and it, the list goes on and on. Check it out. Also, they can join my Eagles Academy. Go to theeaglesacademy.com and just tap the Join Now button. This is what I'm going to do. Since, you know, we on Black Friday, I'm going to hook you I'm gonna hook oh, you, we get your the, people we get up. Promo, we I'm going to give you all a promo. Give you all a promo. Black Friday's hookup. Uh Black Friday before Black Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. I got the hookup out if you hear me. So go, go to theeaglesacademy.com and at checkout, put in the coupon code SOAR, S-O-A-R, and I'll give you 40% off of your membership. Membership has its privileges, so yeah. Absolutely. Y'all heard what he said. Can you say it one more time for the, yeah, for the yeah, people? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, this, is, we, this is exclusive. We don't get these all the time. There so say go. it one more time for Promo the people who, who weren't listening. Promo for show. Uh, the EaglesAcademy.com, Black Friday special. Just put in the code SOAR at checkout, S-O-A-R, at the EaglesAcademy.com. Tap join our button, uh, coupon code SOAR. I'm giving you 40% off of your membership. Come on into the Academy. Soar with us into success and purpose. 
join the academy, get the books, tap in with Dr. Connor, follow his journey. And if anything that you can, I mean, I, I learned in terms of uh, being able to pick up some gems from content creation, from following oh, yeah. your uh, your Instagram and, and taking a look at the things that you have, your YouTube as well, uh, definitely has been able to um, be a master in that space. And then also all of, in addition to documenting and publicizing the things that you do from a speaker standpoint, or author standpoint, and uh, it's definitely necessary and needed. So uh, grateful for you taking the time to join us today here on Black Friday, share some of your backstory and how people can, some gems on how people can work on improving themselves from a business standpoint and also from an internal perspective as well. Oh, I appreciate it. Appreciate the platform. Appreciate the opportunity. Continue to be a voice of choice in this community and, and, and in this space. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank yes, you. Sir. I appreciate that. And all y'all watching and listening, we'll tap in with y'all soon. Peace.